People want to know. They want to know who we are. Who we what? Shut up. <laughs> they want to know who we are. <laughs> hey, let's start with this. I'm a Boston girl. I have an accent. It ain't going anywhere. So park your car in Harvard Yard and shut up. <laughs> All right, great. We can use that. Tell us about yourself, Darone. How did you get so passionate or get into fitness? Like, where did that come from? Did that start as a child? Just give me the, just give me the, like, the sticking points. Like, did you play sports as a kid? And that's how you got into fitness? I didn't, but there was a point where I wanted to. Okay. What sports did you want to play? I wanted to play football. I thought it would be cool to play football, Mm -hmm. but I didn't play football because it was middle school Mm -hmm. and the kids laughed at me. And they were like, you're too skinny, you're too small. Okay, so this, so this is where we know the bodybuilding <laughs> started to peak. It went, because all it takes is one story about being made fun of for being too small. A big Cito. Well, you know what's weird? There I say it all the time. Like, I ended up listening to people, right? It was like all my life up until I got to the point of bodybuilding. I ended up listening to people like, oh, they said I can't do it, so I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Which speaks volumes to a lot of things. Yeah. Which is a barrier that I kind of try and push and, and like test the limit now in life. Right. Right. Now it's like you tell me I can't do it. Watch me. Right. So then came high school. Mm-hmm. And initially I I, uh, I remember my, my senior year of high school. I my history teacher, he was big into martial arts. He was big into Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger. He loved bodybuilding and, and fitness. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I came to him one day and I was like, I want to get big so I can beat people up. <laughs> and he was like, well, I can help you get big, but you got to promise me you're not going to beat people up. <laughs> and I was like the skinny little kid, right? <laughs> so he was probably like, you ain't beating nobody up. <laughs> yeah. And wait, and if anybody knows Jerome, he is like a teddy bear. He's so not that type of person. So there I was standing in my teacher's classroom. <laughs> And uh, he's like, all right, cool. You know, come back next week. I'll write you out a workout routine. He wrote me out a workout program. I started really? Working. Wait, hold up. That's the first time you got a workout routine was from a history was, teacher? It was the first time. I, like, and there were, there were instances in like gym class where you just did like some bullshit kind of couple of things, but I never worked out and followed a routine. Yeah, got it. So this guy wrote a workout for me that I followed and I stuck to. Mm-hmm. I worked out in my parents' basement. Mm-hmm. I then left my parents basement i got a gym membership at bally's and anybody who remembers bally's was the biggest <laughs> scam of all time they signed me up for two memberships and then because i didn't pay one membership they sent me to collections oh boy yeah and i i called them and they're like oh well too bad you got to pay it and i'm like i screamed at them on the, like i was so mad that they hung up on me <laughs> because i was yelling so loud i'm like why does one gym, one one person need two gym memberships they you know Anyway, that's besides the point. So I was working out at Bally's and that's where I met my close group of friends. And uh, one day I'm at the gym, my buddy Tommy comes up to me. He wasn't my buddy at the time. He comes up to me. He's like, sees a skinny kid struggling. He's like, hey man, let me help you out. Right. So starts kind of like leading me through workouts. I started following. We followed our buddy Jay around the gym. We've, uh, and I, we, all, we always did. We started doing Jay's routine. 
right? Yeah. Now, keep in mind, I'm like a buck 25 at this point, <laughs> right? And that's just how I got into it. And then I started getting into reading. I remember the day that I got into bodybuilding. I specifically remember the day that I got into bodybuilding. Yeah, I remember my day too, but go ahead. You got to tell me about this. So I walked into 7-Eleven one day and I turn to the right and I see the magazine rack and I see my first ever issue of Flex Magazine. Yep. Troy Alves was on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, I was like, I want to look like that guy. And like, people are looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with this kid? And they're probably like, he'll never look like that. <laughs> so I took the magazine home. I read it. I subscribed to the magazine. I started getting all the articles. I started learning about protein. I started learning. I, there was a point where I was like kind of, and I don't, I don't know if I see this often. And I don't want to say that like I'm special for it, but I was always intuitive with the piece that nutrition was the most important part. Yeah. So I trained for about four years, competed. So I started at like 17, competed when I was like 20 or 21 was the first competition I did. Wow. Natural bodybuilding took up, took like second place in that. I was like, I I looked good for a first time competitor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you start gaining momentum. You say, I want to grow. I want to get bigger and bigger. Right. But bodybuilding then was a different sport than it is now. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason is now we've got all these different segments, right? We've got classic mm-hmm. physique, we've got physique, right? And it used to be that if you wanted to be a bodybuilder, you got to spend years and years and years getting big and yeah. putting on mass before you could even consider stepping on a stage. Today, yeah. it's like, well, I want to step on the stage tomorrow. It's, today, it's a cool thing to do to be a, a bikini or a figure competitor or a, a bodybuilder or a, um, you know, physique and, and the, the growth of the sport definitely yeah, has definitely changed a lot. Yeah. And the dynamic has changed and social media has changed a lot in the sport as well. Well, look at it. So it's really funny to hear you talk about a magazine and, and subscribing to a magazine because mine was um, uh, muscle and fitness for her, which was the te- like, looking at the girls in, the, in that magazine was when I went from dancer and I got injured as a dancer and I went to physical therapy and I started lifting weights because my physical therapist was like, you need to get stronger. So that's how I got into lifting was through an injury through my sport, which was dance. And so it's interesting <laughs> to hear you say that because I, I had the exact same experience. I took that magazine home and I started writing out a program and you know, I was already into food was really big for me in the dance world, but I started definitely changing the way I ate more protein. I was really paying attention to my water intake. So, so for me, the protein thing was I used to just get, my dad worked uh, for a printing company. So he had these little like notepads yeah, that he brought home from the company that he worked for. And I would take those notepads and every single day I would write down Right. I had this uh, thing I got out of Flex magazine that was like all list of all the foods, primary yeah. sources of pro, what I call primary sources of protein now, mm-hmm. a list of all the foods, how many grams of protein, carbs and fat is in each food and total calories and, and stuff like that. So I started learning about ca- calories and macros and protein intuitively. I was like, cool, this is the most important thing. I need to get in more protein. Right. The magazines yeah. would drive that, too. Yeah. And the magazines, listen, bodybuilding when it came to protein was way ahead of the science. Absolutely. And so when you started talking, when you were just saying a minute ago, Instagram versus the magazines, it is really interesting, the dynamic of buying a magazine, bringing it home, like reading through 
testing your own body. Like it's so different than it is now where, you know, you go on Instagram and you see all the pictures and a lot more description of everything. Just a, a very different experience. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I would write down all the protein and I would total it up for the day on these little notepads. I would say, okay, well, I need my body weight and protein. Right. And then eventually I increased it to like 1.5. And, you know, we, we kind of went from there. And as I gained weight, I had to consume more protein. Uh, mm-hmm. And I went from 125. And then the first time I competed, I think I was, uh, I don't remember how much I was off season before the first time I competed, but I competed and I was a very low body fat percentage, maybe like 6%, 4%. I don't know. Um, and I competed the first time and I was 154, right? Leaner than my 125 was. Yeah. Then fast forward a few years later, I just worked on getting bigger and bigger. Then I competed. I transferred into the NPC. I competed in the NPC for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think I was 25, 26. Did okay in that. Second call out somewhere in the middle. Nothing too mm-hmm. crazy. Did that. And then at that, there was a point in my life where my mom used to tell me, if you dedicated, because I was literally bodybuilding, like that was it. That was, that was all I wanted to do. Yeah. And my mom used to tell me, if you focused on your studying and your school as much as you did your bodybuilding, you'd be very successful in school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. But eventually mom's one day, always mom's know. always know, right? <laughs> eventually one day I put that into practice and it wasn't until I decided to switch my major to nutrition. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to, I started a community college because I didn't know what, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up transferring to Long Island University where I studied nutrition and dietetics. Mm-hmm. got my degree. I was a trainer before I even started at school there. I trained all throughout college. I trained all throughout, you know, at this point, it's been 15 years mm-hmm. of personal training and nutrition coaching and dealing with clients on that end. School was kind of interesting because school was, I already had that base level. Like you couldn't really teach me about vitamins and minerals. You couldn't really teach me about calories, macros, percentages, percentage breakdowns, right? You could teach me some other stuff, right? Medical nutrition therapy was a great class. You know, advanced concepts of nutrition, the biochem, the, the, chemi- the, the, the organic chemistry, the chemistry, like all of that stuff, the anatomy, physiology, all that deep stuff was that I got that turned into like spiraled into a whole thing, right? So it started with bodybuilding. Then it went into, wow, food really affects your body in a crazy way in so many different ways. And then mm-hmm. you go to school and you learn about different health aspects and different foods and how they work. I couldn't stop learning. Yeah. Like I was like, I love this stuff. And still to date, it's still the same thing. Uh, and then fast forward, I, so I stopped competing through college and then finished college, bulked back up again. I was at 240 at my highest and I was strong at 240. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a ton of, I was doing like kind of like a powerlifting, bodybuilding hybrid Mm-hmm. Right. So there were uh, one rep maxes included. I would do like some five, three ones in my program. Mm-hmm. I would do uh, hypertrophy training as well, though. So, you know, like things in like the 10 to 12 range or even even higher. What mm-hmm. I found is that and now everybody's body works differently on this point from a training standpoint too. the higher reps always tended to generate more on my lower body mm-hmm. and legs were something that I was lacking. So I had to do like, I mean, I would do, I'd be on the leg press or I'd be squatting and I'd be doing like 20 to 30 reps. And that was for me, the greatest hypertrophy kind of in the lower body and kind of grew my legs. Yeah. I know what your leg workouts are like when you were in Boston and we did legs together. I couldn't walk for days. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. 
It was awesome. So yeah, was in the fitness industry about 15 years, worked at multiple different large gyms, did some private stuff as well. Mostly now just the nutrition coaching and working on that business and, and all that stuff. Worked for Lifetime, moved with Lifetime to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, where we grand opened that club. I was nutrition program coordinator in that club and ran the team of nutrition coaches and dietitians. We had like, what, two dietitians on the team and then ran that team from a business standpoint and from a how to coach standpoint and then met Nicole there. And that was like my right hand man. Like, uh, it was a different dynamic, right? Like I had the people that listened to me and, and followed me and my beliefs. And then you had your people that mm-hmm. were like, <laughs> I don't know. It was like, ew, you had this, this, first of all, you had this woman relationship with the, the female coaches and you also had a different approach. So I think you and I were a good dynamic mm-hmm. in coaching the team together. Absolutely. And that's it. But Nicole, how did you get to that point? Where did you start? Well, I started in the dance industry. I was a dancer. I danced competitively through um, high school and college. And dance is pretty hardcore, especially the ballet world. It's extremely competitive. And I absolutely loved it. And kind of the same thing. I was so deep into how to get my body to perform at that high level of competition. And I just, I absolutely loved it. Unfortunately, I got injured. And my dance career ended. And during the time when I was healing, like I said earlier, I ended up doing some physical therapy and the physical therapist said, you need to really get into some strength training for your core and your hips. So that's what I did. I joined a gym and hired a trainer and started lifting and literally completely lost my mind. Like I had, at that time I was in school to become Um, my primary goal was to be a nurse. So I was doing a two-year medical assisting, um, like associate's degree while I was healing. And I just, I started in the gym and got like so totally turned around. I was like, I I don't want to do nursing. I want to do this. I started getting stronger and healing. And I was like, man, if I knew about this five years ago, I could have still been dancing. So my whole primary goal was to educate dancers on how to become strong. So I started training Um, at a dance school and in the dance world and just kind of became the new focus. So I went back to school. I started a degree in sports psychology and business, which was my primary focus. So coaching now is... Which makes sense uh, (laughs) as to why you're such a good coach, right? So, you know, with Mm -hmm. the coaching piece, I, I always said you even trump me in some aspects on the coaching side of things, right? And I've learned from you on the coaching piece because I, you just have a, a good way of understanding people and their needs. I think it's just, like I said, I wanted to be a better athlete as a dancer. So it was something that was really interesting to me. So I finished my degree. And during the time I finished my degree, I got my personal training certification and I started working in a gym. I worked in two all women's f- fitness facilities here in Boston. And from there, ended up owning my own personal training studio with um, a male business partner who was amazing. And we had our company for six or seven years. And then things started to change and Lifetime opened up here in Chestnut Hill and we ended up taking our clients and caseload into Lifetime. And then I met you and started to, you know, the past couple of years I've been there and just started to really focus in on enjoying all the different aspects of the psychology of food and nutrition 
and you know the science behind our providing to our clients for workouts and then took on the nutrition program coordinator role when Darrell went back to Boston and that's how I got here. Back to New York. I mean back to New York. Well, I want you back in Boston. So that was, <laughs> I didn't want you to go back for everybody. I did not want him to go back to New York. We wanted to keep him in Boston, but evidently New York pizza is way better. So we lost him. <laughs> you lost me to pizza. <laughs> but I literally, like, very similar story. Like I 100% this is what I was born to do. Like, I can't even picture myself doing anything else. Yeah. Never ab- have. Never absolutely. look back. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've tried to do other things. And I mentioned that in, in an, a previous episode. <laughs> I never That was the last I... episode on, not the last, the last, last episode, the primary foods. Yeah. Episode three that I tried to leave. And it's not like, there's something that always pulls me. I don't leave because I don't like what I'm doing. It's, uh, you know, I just, you get conditioned with this. There's people what working their nine to fives at the job. Exactly. What you're and I'm like, at a certain point, the last time I left and came back, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, I'm making this happen. This is it. Like, I'm, yeah. this, I'm not capable of doing anything else. <laughs> right. I mean, See, now not, I, le- not- I knew that very early on in my life. Like, I, I felt like there was literally nothing else I could do. I didn't feel like there was any other option. So I think it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, you and I have talked about this many times. But um, when you left and came back, I'm like, man, you shouldn't do that anymore. Well, well, Stay. You know what? Yeah, it's like uh, the grass is greener on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, and at the end of the day, you have to do, you know, I feel like the way that I was raised is like, find something you love doing that you're passionate about and then find a way to make money doing it. And that's what I do now. So it works. And, you know, sometimes the grass is greener and pre- people brag about the things that they do, right? And then you're like, oh, let me check it out. And then you check it out and you're like, yeah, this is, you're, you're like overinflated that idea. Yeah. But let's talk about Eat Right, Eat Right Nutrition. So Eat Right Nutrition started as a group coaching company back in 2015. A buddy of mine, while I was still in college studying nutrition, reached out to me and said, hey man, Um, it was two buddies of mine and they were like, they they owned a CrossFit and they were like, hey man, like we need some kind of like group nutrition. We need to start incorporating more nutrition stuff in our gym. We need somebody to create a program for us. We couldn't think, we can't think of anybody better to do it than you. We trust you to do it. We know you know what you're doing. You know your stuff. Um, so I did that and I spent count, countless hours. I don't know. It was anywhere from like four to six months that we spent building this thing. And we stayed up late nights. Like we had content. We developed this like 12 step program. It was a six week, it was 12 steps over the course of six weeks. Uh, every step progressed on the other. So we talked about, um, you know, reducing or eliminating uh, added sugars and processed refined foods. Uh, we talked about getting adequate, uh, like making sure that every single meal you're consuming a fruit and or vegetable, some kind of produce. We talked about protein intake and making sure that you're getting a primary source of protein, which at the time, and I still do today, would define as meat, fish, poultry, dairy, and eggs. We did. We dove into the science. We put together all these packets week by week. They had reading material. We sent them emails. It was a cool program. And it progressed and got better every time that we executed it. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where, you know, so I was getting paid from this thing and I decided, hey, let me incorporate the business, Eat Right Nutrition. I don't, I don't remember how this happened. I was, I was still working at the gym at the time. And mm-hmm. my buddy goes, hey, you, this is a great idea. Like, go launch it in other places. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's like, in the CrossFit community and he sees what they're doing and what they're not doing. 
So I just started cold calling different CrossFits and I was like, Hey, I got a great program for you. What are you guys doing about nutrition? And you know, what do you guys have implemented now? And, uh, you know, can I come in and take some time and, you know, talk to you about my program. And sometimes I got hung up on other times they were like, yeah, sure. I'm open to it. And sometimes I spoke to them and they weren't open to it, but sometimes they were. So we had ended up growing into like nine different CrossFits across Long Island. We did a bunch of programs and then it's funny Because this is a testament to when you leave something and it calls you back. Mm -hmm. I ended up, I was working at a gym and I quit that gym to do that full time. And I was doing just doing the courses. It was tough because it was like the Obamacare thing and the benefits and the health insurance. And I was paying health insurance through New York State and the coverage was crap and I was paying for everything out of pocket anyway. And so I had issues with health insurance and I was kind of like in between, like, I don't really know what to do. Right. Then I found Lifetime. I started working at Lifetime in New York. I worked there six months and then they said, hey, you could transfer to a club and get promoted and and whatever. So that's when I moved out to Boston and I left Eat Right Nutrition behind when Mm -hmm. I moved to Boston. And I had, like within the first few months of moving to Boston, I had members of CrossFit reach out to me saying, hey, I need help. I need some coaching. And I, I already had put that behind me, Yeah. right? And I had CrossFit reach out to me that were like, that I've never even heard of right? They weren't on my roster and they're like, Hey, I spoke to so-and-so from this CrossFit and they said, you have a great program. We want to get something rolling. So I'm like, damn, now I'm all the way here in Boston. (laughs) Right. But I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't, I'd never take back any of the things that I did. I think that was a time when I wasn't necessarily ready to execute something. Mm -hmm. The ideas, the goals, the, the foresight that I have for it now is way different than it was then. It's not necessarily just a group thing. It's not necessarily just a CrossFit thing. It's yeah. become more of the one-on-one coaching, the groups for everybody, the mm-hmm. podcast, which we, you and I just launched. But yeah, so then moved out to Boston, worked there two and a half years, came back with the intention telling you, Nicole, hey, I'm going <laughs> to go back to New York. I'm going to build this thing and just go from there. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and then the podcast came. I know. Where did that come from? Do you remember our conversation? I don't really remember exactly what we were talking about. The podcast came from, we, I, we are having one of our typical conversations talking about clients, talking about science, talking about nutrition, Yeah. Uh, talking about recommendations, talking about all those things. And uh, it was like, hey man, we, like, this should be like a recording. This should be a podcast. That's how it started, right? Yeah. I, I remember you saying we should record this conversation. But then, then it the- became, but then it became, <laughs> and then it was like, let's just do it. And, and that was the, the rolling point, the starting yeah. point that was like, like, all right, it's time to get this thing rolling. Yeah. So we did this and there's a few reasons why for people, right. And there's the real science, real facts, real food, which was always a, a thing that I stood by when eat right first started in 2015 Mm-hmm. Real science, real facts, and real food was something that I stood behind, and that was a slogan before the podcast. And yeah. the reason why it was there was because there's so much misinformation out there. Yes. And not even just misinformation, there's so much information that you don't know what to do with. Yeah, some of it is so bad, it's quite surprising that it actually can exist out there. And today, from 2015 to today, with the growth of the massive growth of social media, it's only gotten worse. I know. I know. You're absolutely right. Right. So you have influencers that don't know what they're talking about. They're selling Mm -hmm. detox teas and that's not a thing. (laughs) You've got people selling products 
because they gain a following and then they get these sponsorships and they get these companies that they're not great. They don't produce great products, right? So the real science, real facts, real food piece to it is important to me in terms of the information that we deliver. It has to be based on real science, which it has to be current and up to date. And listen, I'm not saying that we might say something today and five years from now, the science changes right. and then we have to make a revision. That's fine. But it's based on the current information that we have now. That's real science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real facts is how do we take those facts and, and apply them to you mm-hmm. as an individual? And real food is a given. You just got to, you have to eat real food, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't be, no, can't cheat it. You can't, there's no other way to do it. You have to do it the right way. So the goal of this podcast is to provide real science, real facts, and real food. It's also to help people to become their best or their own advocates in terms yeah. of health and wellness and to mm-hmm. be able to get the right information and to be able to use it in a way that they can use for themselves and any kind of like coaches or trainers, any like anybody new to the industry that hasn't really learned because a lot of trainers don't really have that full on solid nutrition piece either. Yeah. So it's also for, you know, those people who want to learn more to teach their clients. Absolutely. That's it, right? That's how we got started. If I could just run a podcast do nutrition coaching, build a team of coaches. That's like the vision for Eat Right. Mm-hmm. Um, open a practice and then ultimately I'm, I'm going to finish the steps to grad school dietetic license uh, just from a st- testing standpoint, you know, sending people for further testing and, and just being able to cover a more uh, broad range of clients. I love it. I'm ready. Anything else you want to add, Nicole? I think I would just I would continue on what you started to say about educating our clients. Um, the one thing I would add to that is, you know, you talking about Instagram and all the information on Instagram. It's a good and a bad thing, which is the, the challenge, right? It can be very positive for the people that are trying to really push good information, but there's always going to be a little bit of both in terms of real information and then the not so good stuff. But I think it's important that our clientele and anyone listening also understand that the people that really care about you and want you to be healthy and want you to learn about your own body are going to, it's not going to be like the sexy, flashy information. It's going to be the hard work, the hustle, the dedication, the slow progress, healthy ways to do things. And it's a lifestyle over a period of time. It's not these quick fixes. Nothing's ever going to be that fast that it happens in six weeks, 12 weeks, 10 weeks, like things like that are really, I I always try and push, you know, my clients to be really aware of anything that sounds like too good to be true in this industry most likely is. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of coaches out there that mean well, and they're just misinformed in and of themselves. And then there are some people that are just influencers and just pushing out nonsense. So we want to be kind of that voice in there that says, Hey, like this, this isn't it. (laughs) This is how, this is how your body actually works. Here's the science behind it. Here's metabolically speaking, what's actually going on inside of your body. And, uh, here's how you fix that. Or here is how you, uh, work to progress to where you need to get to. And it's, uh, I, to me, it's always been, if people can understand what's going on inside their bodies and why and how, and why somebody makes a recommendation, then they're more likely to comply with that. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much covers it. That's it. And you've got people, you've got stuff out there that, you know, is just <laughs> giving me the look <clears throat> medical medium. 
But Nicole doesn't like me talking shit, so I'll refrain from that now. But down the road, I can't promise that I won't start <laughs> blaring. You can. We just have to be. I'm. I'm always going to be the person that is kind. I don't like to put anyone down, even if their information isn't good. I try really hard to be super positive, and you can. I. Ugh. Even I get tongue-tied talking about it because I just don't like speaking poorly about anybody. But you really want to make sure that the information that you're looking at, you, you are really taking like some common sense yeah, approaches to these things. <laughs> I know, I know. It's Fuck bad, them. But. They're ruining our industry. <laughs> They're ruining the industry. Just right. teach your clients. There's common sense, guys, here. There's, That's this all really we got. Is I'm going to cut sense. off Nicole here. <laughs> Thank oh, you for man. listening to us talk about ourselves. And <laughs> if you like the information we provide, please hit subscribe. Give us five stars. Follow us at Eat Right Nutrition on Instagram. That's right. Spelt like Rite Aid. E-A-T-R-I-T-E. And DM us if you have any questions. If you want us to talk about any specific topics, dive into the research on anything specific. If you want to do a complimentary 30-minute consult, get your nutrition in order. DM us at Eat Right Nutrition whether you want to do it with myself or Nicole and we will not see you next week, but you'll hear us next week. 